So Priya, if you could uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Hi, so my name's Priya. Um, I'm from Southall and I'm a DJ. Yeah, and why is it you wanted to get into DJing? So, you know, I never actually had a musical bone in my body per se. Um, I was always very much going down the business route, the, you know, get to uni, do accounting or da 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 da. Like, um, yeah, I was always sort of more gifted in that aspect at school. And then, to be completely honest, you know, I'm a big believer of your life can change at any moment. And that's literally what happened to me. Um, I saw an advert for a workshop on Facebook and I thought, you know what, I don't really have any hobbies. I've got nothing to lose. And when I tell you the first time I touched the decks, my life changed. It was just like, you know, when um, like a butterfly effect in a game, when it's like a whole new path has unlocked, that's what happened pretty much. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's an unbelievable like start. So in terms of the workshop, if I, you know, have researched correctly, that was with uh, Giotti, who's obviously a very famous uh, DJ, is that correct? Yeah, so um, Jyoti Singh at the time, this is going back about four, five years almost now. Um, she was sort of up and coming. Obviously, she does a lot of bits for the community. Um, and yeah, she was doing these workshops at South Bank Centre. The advert that I saw was actually on the Burnt Rodney Facebook page. And um, spoiler, full circle moment, I ended up working with Burnt Rodney earlier this year. So, oh, you wow. know, things, yeah, things have come around 360. But um, yeah, I saw the advert and it was targeted specifically towards South Asian females. And um, they were honest. They were like, look, there's 10 spots. So like be fast kind of thing. And um, you know what's so funny? The first time I saw it, I actually was like umming and ahhing. And then I sort of left it to like God and the universe. And I said, if I see it again, if it comes up again, then I'll do it. And that's exactly what happened. So yeah, um, in the workshops, we sort of learned the very basic beat matching, um, beat matching tempos, um, how to source music, sort of finding your sound. And um, yeah, I mean, it was only six sessions in the evening that ran for about two hours, I think. And obviously with 10 different girls, you don't get that much time, like hands-on time on the decks. But um, yeah, everyone was so supportive. And when I tell you, like we would even say after the sessions and we would just chat, we were not just girls that wanted to learn something, we were doctors therapists you know just chatting and you know it's really really wholesome I haven't actually you know seen anything like that before but one of the big key things Jyoti kind of drilled into us into like me especially something that really drilled home with me was like um you've always got to pay it forward you've always got to help other people you've got to put other people on and she was very much like don't take what I've given you and just hold it like if you can give it to someone else do that and that's what really inspired me to then go on and teach my own workshops, to do a lot of community work for myself. Um, I've worked with um, people one-to-one. -one. I've run workshops for refugees, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's something that I'm really glad she kind of said, because I think at the time I must have only been about um, very, very early 20s, very early 20s, like a fresh kind of fresh person in, you know, the scene. And, yeah, I, I would never have sort of come to a lot of these conclusions by myself I think because she already had some knowledge of the scene um it was sort of like a masterclass in a in a way of like these are the tips and the tricks and 
obviously Jyoti then went on to upload exactly that tips and tricks on YouTube so yeah that's pretty much how I started out and funny um enough like over the the six weeks the people that started coming were just getting less and less and I think you could kind of tell the first week was 10 girls then it was seven and then it was five and you could sort of tell who was gonna I think stick with it and yeah at the end of the six weeks Jyoti was like I'm playing Alchemy Festival and I want you to play with me and it was like what like this is my first gig I've only had about five hours practice like what's going on but yeah that was my first gig and it was a festival and yeah from there I think everything's sort of been down to being in the right place at the right time like I can almost put everything in my career down to that when I say I've been extremely lucky and extremely blessed and it's sort of if you look at the trajectory of how I've gone it's sort of just gone like that yeah. and um yeah that that's the story of that workshop and how I sort of got started and all of that you know funnily enough I didn't actually get my decks until lockdown hit so until then I was still going in and out of pirate studio and that's you know we had that <laughs> yeah. um yeah so when do you actually think you were able to turn this passion and ability into a career like what was the moment that you were like I can crack on with this you know what um funnily enough right I get a lot of people asking me this and when I was in Switzerland last week somebody said like a very similar thing people just seem to assume that this happened overnight and I have to say like no I'm almost five years in now I've only just started making money off this like it, it's not an overnight sensation thing there are years and thousands of hours of practice that have gone into it so really I think I got put forward for the Mix Mag show last year <clears throat> the in the lab mix mag um I guess somebody had dropped out and my name was sort of put forward I had a week's notice for a show that big I'd never really played in a crowd that was very intense it was like right you're on, on camera and you're in a crowd and this and that and yeah after that show I remember just like reloading my Instagram constantly and over that weekend I got like 3,000 followers and before that I had like about 400 and you know after that it was like that kind of launched me into like a really good place and clips of that went sort of viral and from there I started actually getting um offers for paid bookings and I was just like oh my god what and it was only um sort of over the last year where I said to myself like right I think I can take the plunge and actually become self-employed now but you know what that was a whole can of fish in itself because nobody teaches you about that stuff when you've got no sort of family to help you or anything um it was just quite overwhelming but yeah I only sort of realized in the last year that actually I think I can make it and um you know I've had um some really cool moments like for example it's not just like when the gigs go well and you think oh I can I can do this it's not just that it's like um, I got fitted in the diesel store and they were like anything you want anything you want anything your friend wants and I was like Whoa. oh my god I was like I think I'm gonna make it you know so there's been a couple of moments like that kind of thing well yeah that's amazing and, and you mentioned like obviously very uncharted path that you're sort of taking on your own not much help from anywhere else what are like some challenges you felt um maybe like practically but also like maybe mentally as well um on that path you know what I think um the thing that people don't actually talk about is like DJing can be very lonely 
you know, even though you're in a club and you're surrounded by hundreds of people, um, I mean, I've been quite lucky that I have managed to tour with my friends and go back to back with some of my incredible friends. But yeah, a lot of the time I spend time on my own. I had to very much learn to love my own company. And that's something that I never had before, especially with like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows everyone has some sort of mental health issue, myself included. And um, yeah, I very much had to do a lot of work that I didn't really realize I had to do. I had to make my head a nice place to be in so that when I do tour and I am on my own and I am sat in these hotel rooms on my own, like that I was happy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think a lot of people talk about that. You have to be in a good mental state and you have to be able to be alone and it's a switch you know the amount of times I've gone into clubs and I've been like very anxious and um it the, the person you get before the show and the person you'll get after I play the show when I've got all the adrenaline in me like I very much separate them I have like Priya and then DJ Priya and DJ Priya is the best like you can't tell her anything she's the baddest she's you know but, but Pri is very much like walked into the club and very inconspicuous and she's very shy and she doesn't, you know, it takes it takes a lot for me to kind of chat to people. And when people um, chat to me before the show, it's, it's very different. And when they chat to me after, it's very different. Um, some other challenges that I have faced, obviously, I mean, I think everyone talks about this. Being a woman in music is not great, but we've all done tons of interviews on that and stuff. Um, I mean, a lot of the time we're not believed if something happens. I had something earlier on the year that I won't touch too much on because it's still sort of very fresh, but something happened. Me and a non-binary DJ, we were not believed and we ended up just sort of having to find our own feet in the scene and that felt quite lonely as well. So that wasn't easy and I do feel like maybe if I came from a better family, maybe if I was a man, like all of these things, maybe it would have been different. But yeah, what else? Um, I've said about the feeling lonely, about the mental health. I think that for the most part, that's it, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think anything in the creative industry is quite a manic depressive thing to be in, uh, whereas major highs and, you know, big lows are how do you sort of keep yourself motivated through that whole uh, that whole experience you know day to day what do your days look like like how are you keeping yourself productive and busy I'm very very lucky that I love music as much as I do like I I say to a lot of people don't go into music for money if you're trying to go into it for money you're doing it wrong so I'm very lucky that I know it doesn't matter like what mood I'm in how I'm feeling as soon as I literally hit play it changes and I, I know that not everybody has that and I know that that's something that's great and that's something that works for me um especially since I've been busier it's been easier to kind of stay productive and stuff like that just because um I feel like a whole new world has opened up to me since I've sort of got more regular bookings but before that yeah it was hard I would have to sort of set myself little goals and like targets um I remember at one point I wanted to do a mix a month and upload it and I was really struggling to hit that because you know there's not an unlimited amount of music and at that point I hadn't really kind of honed in on the sound that I wanted I think at the time I was playing more UK garage stuff and um 
yeah I wasn't really motivated I remember when lockdown hit um that struck me quite hard because I was very much like I relied on being able to leave the house for happiness if that makes sense um that kind of taught me a lot about myself and a lot about the way the world works and yeah that that was sort of when I was like right you need to you need to just keep busy and um so I bought the decks I did the mixes upload them a lot of them are private now because I wasn't very good <laughs> but um yeah I I think just I know that I'm sort of a very privileged part of my career now but yeah it's, it's not that hard to motivate myself because I can visualize this is going to be in a club or this is where I'm going to be next week or you know I'm going to be on a plane or this and that so it's easier when I think you've got the the physical stuff that goes alongside it as well yeah. I hope that answers the question <laughs> no definitely and I'm sure a lot of our audience obviously uh, as, I, as we mentioned before like a lot of them young graduates or students find themselves in positions maybe not to the degree of yourself where maybe they have such commitments and, and an audience and stuff like that but they find themselves in a place where yeah they need they need to be kept busy and stuff um, in order to maintain motivation but I guess um, in terms of like if we you know move on from from what we what we're talking about there and kind of move towards the future so as you said your upwards trajectory um it's only going up at the moment you're very busy these days are you find are you almost daunted by the future in terms of how busy you might become considering the level of your trajectory the events you're getting booked are getting bigger and bigger um what's your plan or do you have one you know that's a really good question like really good question um yeah I'm trying to find the balance at the minute of like not burning out it's not just me like it's a lot of my friends as well when we do see each other I'm like babe are you okay like are you eating are you sleeping um because you know these 2am sets and playing after midnight and you don't necessarily get home straight away so a lot of it um you do need to make sure that like you're rested and you're recuperating so yeah I've been trying to find the balance with that so um in terms of being a bit worried yes absolutely I don't have the best health um it takes me a lot to sort of recover from the shows like even physically but yeah like mentally as well I remember there was one point um when the shows started becoming more regular and I would just like come home or go back to a hotel wherever I was and I would just sit on the floor and cry because I was just so overwhelmed yeah. but um yeah I think the way that it's sort of going now I'm playing at least four shows a month and some of them might be international so I am a little bit worried I'm not gonna lie I feel like a very small fish in a very big pond mm -hmm. um but obviously I don't have a plan b this is sort of I'm just gonna try and give it 100 try and go full speed for as long as I can I think as long as I can do it I know that my heart is pure and my intentions are its best and I'm making a positive impact on people and I'm making people happy you know something that really motivates me as well is when I see these people in the club and they come up to me or people DM me like I very much do reply to the quote-unquote fans and just hearing people say like this mix means so much to me or your high energy mix motivated me to get out of bed like that's why I do it it's another reason like I imagine those people that are going to hear it and come to the shows and stuff so that makes it worthwhile but yeah I think um I'm gonna try and just do as much as I can whilst maintaining my health and my happiness it's a very sort of um 
it's a very sort of sensitive ecosystem. You know, if one of them goes, it's sort of, they all sort of rely on each other. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. So now you're at a stage in your career that you're getting that verbal feedback, you know, you're, people are telling you they're hyping up your music, you know, you're getting inspired by that. But when you first started five years ago, you didn't, you didn't have that. And I was wondering, what is something you tell yourself five years ago when you were getting into the industry? Oh, there's a few things I tell myself. Um, I'm not sure exactly how many of them I can say on the podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so something that I tell myself is, um, I would just say, you know what? Not everyone has the same heart as you in the industry. Um, at the end of the day, it's an industry. It's not a music club where we all just love music. People are going to exploit you to make money. People are going to have intentions that aren't great you know that's something that I would say to myself um I would also just say you know what like don't worry so much like you end up being all right you know I think that's the big thing I was very much like I would record something I didn't have the best technology like I used to record stuff on my laptop and it used to like be glitchy and stuff and I would just sit on them for ages because I'd be like nobody cares nobody's gonna like it like we're all like our worst critic but I just be like babe just upload it like nobody cares you know um my partner actually said to me and this is sort of a turning point in my career as well and I thank them all the time for this but um in lockdown <laughs> I recorded one mix and like I said I was trying to push mixes and they literally said to me just upload it just upload it and send it to everyone like what's the worst that can happen anyway I uploaded it I sent it around and the first like radio show I got sort of guest mixed it on was um Pure Spice Manara's show on BBC and it was literally just somebody that was like yeah okay and um you know that's that's the advice I still give to people now and if I could tell myself that five years ago just upload it just send it around the worst people can say is no and um yeah I'd probably um well I was gonna say I'd tell myself to get some decks sooner but obviously I didn't have the financial means to do that um I think it's very much like when you love something so much you'll figure out a way to make it work so like I said on my laptop <laughs> well yeah I mean that's obviously advice that I think it very much applies to your specific industry but for everyone who's trying to pursue you know their goals just do it and as you say it's great great advice for everyone um well anyway let's move on to something a bit more well of course that is very light lighthearted in a sense but your biggest achievement you've done so many cool things you mentioned last week only you were in switzerland we found um you first from the boiler room you did a couple of weeks ago i saw we you at warehouse projects so many huge like the bucket list you're just ticking them off one by one but what would you say are some of your biggest achievements, some of the things you're most proud of? And, and that could be in terms of these events and things like that, but also like the challenges you've overcome and things like that that you might be very proud of. You know what? Um, I mean, as far as the sort of DJ achievements go, yeah, mine are kind of without sounding, you know, too big headed. They are sort of endless. But really, the biggest achievement for me is just overcoming my mental health to do it. You know, like I am my own worst critic and I almost took myself out so many times. Um, and I really try to live every day as like a miracle that I'm sort of here. And I think, yeah, the not just in music, but that's just my biggest achievement ever. Like just prioritizing myself, working on my relationship with myself, 
um being a good big sister like those are the things that like I was put on this earth to look after my sister and to be a good positive role model for her and other young women and non-binary people and trans people like I was put on the earth to be some sort of inspiration motivation somebody that they could relate to um I had something a little while ago where somebody messaged me and I'm very you know I'm a hairy girl I am and um I don't shave and somebody said look I've I've seen that you're quite hairy on your arms and just to let you know like anytime I feel like I'm being bullied or I want to shave my arm hair I look at you and I think nah like Priya is out here sort of in the spotlight and she's doing it for the women and you know that 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 is the biggest achievement for me if I like can just cheer somebody up or make somebody feel like they're not alone or like they're powerful or they're a badass that's the biggest achievement for me that's the best thing that came from DJing the ability to do that and sort of have an audience to do that for as well as doing it for myself um now I know that might not be the most sort of you know uh stereotypical answer but really I think like the world needs to care about more people there's there's you know we can all talk about DJ accomplishments and this and that but that's my favorite thing that I've done like just being somebody for people that don't have anyone and I'm very very vocal at my shows about trans rights and you know kids in foster care and um yeah just people that didn't go to university you're gonna be fine look at me like just try your best and try your hardest and something will work out you'll always land on your feet and you're always going to overcome things that you didn't think you ever would so yeah um those are my biggest achievements kind of thing yeah I think that's so important and what's great about this podcast I think it's that you can be yourself and someone will listen to what you're saying you know whether it's a lot or just a few and they'll completely resonate with what you're saying and really help them out more than just some generic advice Mm. say you have gone to university like we have and you've got this passion for music and you really want to like see if you might have a career in it but you're scared you might have left it too late to like see what it's about what are maybe some initiatives or some advice that you uh you could give to people that have committed to some career path and then why it's not too late to explore one in music really and truly it's never too late like I looked at myself and I was like oh you know I'm I'm in my 20s am I too late to the scene to be DJing like I'm not gonna lie there are DJs a lot younger than me that are out here doing it my cousin is 12 and she's DJing and she does the graphic design for me and Gracie and she's sampled me and sent me a birthday mix so you know there are people out here a lot younger that are doing it and they're good at it um but yeah it's never too late to change your life ever I think people sort of seem to forget that we have all the control and you know like I I think I try to visualize like my life as a game sort of thing like if I lose a friend right there's an empty character slot there you know somebody else can come in kind of thing and yeah you know how like if you were playing the sims or something (laughs) there's nothing stopping you from doing something else like it's all just it's a mental block so I would say if you want to do it do it you don't have to let's say you've got a degree in law you don't have to drop that and be like right I'm gonna go DJ in a club once a week but I think a lot of these universities will have some sort of club some sort of music club um um, I know a lot of sort of student unions have open decks and a lot of club nights do stuff similar I think university is sort of the best place to find like-minded people you know um some of my one of my really good friends actually um we both went to this night in London called Face Down and it's like an emo club night 
And um, I remember just, I saw him and I was like, oh my God, there's another brown emo. Like what? You know? And I went on the um, event page when I got back and I was like, looking for the photos, trying to find him. I sent him a friend request. We're still friend, very good friends like 10 years later. But yeah, I think, um, you know, club nights are a good um, place to socialize and network and meet DJs, open decks, student unions, like music things. Like there are so many things that are available and I don't think we always know that. And I think even if you just like reached out or dropped a DJ that you liked, like a message or, hey, I saw you play last week at this club. I thought you were wicked. Um, just wondered if you have any advice or, you know, can we maybe hang out or go back to back or something? But yeah, I think, um, I mean, everyone curates playlists now. You know what I mean? So I think everyone's got it in them to DJ. I actually saw this meme that was like, um, in five years, we're going to have no doctors because everybody wants to be a DJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's me. That's literally me. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, as you say, like the power of literally in terms of we use the story of yourself, we just sort of emailed you saying we're huge fans and now we're here. So I guess people are so much nicer than you think and are always willing to help out. I think that's definitely a lesson, right? Um, absolutely. And uh, also, um, absolutely. And also like, the worst that somebody can say is no and I think social media has so much power like um think about how much of a great tool it was over lockdown to connect with your loved ones and your friends and this and that you know it is everything's on social media you can even find tutorials how to DJ on YouTube like you don't necessarily have to come to the workshops I know a lot of people that bought the little controllers and watch YouTube tutorials and now they're in the clubs playing the same clubs as me so um, I don't think there's any one road to go down. I think there's multiple routes and I think they all go to sort of similar, you know, destinations. So, um, yeah, I think the internet is your best friend. Uh, to be part of the music scene, I think it's really important to support it. So go to these club nights, meet these DJs, chat with them, become their friends, become a sort of regular and stuff like that. That's sort of some really good advice that I think is very helpful. Everyone has their own idea of what success looks like to them and it changes all the time. But I was saying right now, what is your does a successful career look like to you? And does it look different to when you first started? Yeah, again, another good question. So something that I'm really trying to tell myself now is to just stop and smell the roses. I am at a point in my life where I used to pray for this. Like I don't know if everyone's religious, I am. Um, I found God again at my lowest um, right before I started DJing actually and you know um, one thing that I would say happiness is a big one for me you know because um, I spent so much time just being unhappy so yeah for me um, even like five years ago I mean five years ago it was more career-based but now that I'm in that career it's like okay happiness is success for me health is success for me having friends people I can rely on um but yeah I'm very much like I'm at that point where I prayed to be at and I think because of the speed of everything I'm already thinking right I need to do this I need to do this I need to do it it's like babe just calm down just enjoy it just smell the roses you know I, I just played my last gig of the year and I was like oh maybe I could do one more no just just enjoy it you know just be happy just be healthy um but yeah, I think everyone um, 
has a different idea of success. I was never happy. I was never healthy. I never really had that many friends. So that's something I always wanted. But I mean, obviously, somebody that was always that might be, you know, wanting a certain salary a year and stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess it's different for everyone, but that's sort of what it looks like for me. Well, yeah, I mean, as you say, it's different for everyone, but that is very, very wholesome. And I guess that's a great, I mean, it's very sustainable as well, because, I mean, that's not got any benchmark against anything, you know, in the physical world that, you know, it's within yourself, which is very, really refreshing. Um, You touched on maybe your background um, and your personal background. So if you're willing to, I mean, share to our audience, maybe your childhood as well and what what you sort of, uh, your unique upbringing um, from what, you know, what you told us. Um, and kind of how that that sort of shaped your your view right now. Um, you know what? I didn't have an incredible childhood. I'm not gonna lie. There were bits that were good, and there was a lot of it that wasn't good. Um, but yeah, I think you know I could sit here and be like, oh, you know, from the get go, I was sort of had the world against me. But I'm not gonna do that. You know, um, I think I was definitely sort of it was very possible for me to go down another route, very possible, you know, a lot of people, um, they end up sort of very similar to the people that are around them, you know, um, their friends and their family and stuff like that. And sometimes when they're not the best people, um, it can be very hard to sort of separate from that. I remember trying to actually separate myself from that. It took me a long time. And I used to have pastoral workers in school telling me, like, you need to cut that off. You need to get away from that, this and that and the third. Um, So, you know, I didn't have a great upbringing. Like I said, I'm very much navigating my 20s on my own, starting new traditions on my own, even Diwali, like celebrating that and buying clothes from my culture and teaching myself my mother tongue and the recipes and stuff and buying just nice little bits that one day I can hand down to my own daughter. I think just to add into that, how do you think it's molded you into where you are now and who you are today? Um, I think from a very young age, I started um, prioritising different things. You know, um, as a kid, I very much just wanted deep, meaningful relationships with people. Um, you know, you always sort of want what you lack. I wanted to love and be loved. I wanted the support. I wanted friendship. I wanted um, to be happy, just a bunch of stuff. And I think considering the upbringing I had and sort of how my teen years folded out and spending a lot of time on my own and sort of not feeling a lot of support and love I think it's made me um prioritize that a lot and there's not a lot of people in this scene that do that you know when I play a show I go around to everyone like the stage handlers the artist liaison the security even my crowd I um every single time I play a show I'll share a post um if you're sort of new to what I do, I don't think you would have seen this, but every time um, I share a post and I, I buy personal safety alarms and I say, listen, no questions asked. <clears throat> you come up to me at a show, no questions asked. I will give you one. If you don't feel safe, I'll make sure you get home safe. I say to the security, are you okay? Is anybody horrible? Have you had enough water? Like I take care of everyone in the scene, not just the artist because it's not just the artist that make the club night it's so many people behind that that don't get any recognition and I think a lot of that does stem down to like how I was raised and my childhood and stuff like that like I've become one of the more sort of 
prominent caring figures in the scene and I'm not just a DJ I'm a friend I'm somebody that you can go to for help and it's what I work so hard to try and um upkeep and it you know I make sure that everywhere I play for has a safe space policy and that they enforce it and if they don't then I'm not going to play or I'm not going to be part of this you know so I think um sort of anyone that had the quote-unquote normal upbringing might not do that to the extent I do they'd probably just turn up play and go actually a lot of them do just turn up play and go and some of them will turn up late and yeah. you know take it out on other DJs and stuff like that but um yeah I I don't want to be like it was all negative because I've managed to put a positive spin on that. Um, my my friends sort of joke and say that I'm like the Princess Diana of the music scene. <laughs> well, that's glowing review. And um, I guess, yeah, there's so many lessons there, I guess. You know, whatever career path you go down, you know, it's being true to yourself and, and actually being like a good person. It doesn't cost anything a lot of the time. And yeah, that's really inspiring for yourself. Um, just to wrap things up and I, I really loved everything you had to say and I think it'll really help a lot of people including ourselves um, if you could leave the listeners of one minute if they, if they could only listen to one minute of the podcast what would you like them to take from it today? Um, I would say you know what it's never too late to follow your dreams honestly you're always only one decision away from changing your life if you're not happy do something about it the time is now really and truly because if not now, then when? And I would say um, the world is kinder than you think. There are kind people out there. There are people out there that will have the same heart as you and want to support you and your passions and your goals. Um, and to just do the thing you want to do, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Like the worst somebody can say is no. Record that mix, upload that show, do that podcast, message that person. Why not? Like, life is too short it could end now tomorrow's not guaranteed so you might as well start living the life you want to live now and yeah just be a good person and try and do everything um with pure intentions and yeah you know go get them and also um it doesn't matter your upbringing your 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 funds your upbringing where you live none of that matters like you can do it there are multiple ways to do something you know multiple different avenues you'll get there in the end uh, uni is not always the be all or end all having no parents is not always the be all or end all having no money you know if you really want to do it you'll figure out a way to do it